0: been listening to sober speak and somewhere back if you guys go back and listen to if you're going to go back and listen to some early episode i wrote in and i wrote in of oh my god i'm an alcoholic this is a weird moment to be talking to you about this now because i remember you reading it and saying hang on emily it's okay and you read my comment
1: well hello friends of bill w and other friends you have landed on sober speak my name is john m i am an alcoholic and we are glad you are all here especially newcomers newcomers that is both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast sober speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of alcoholics anonymous take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. ask, did Jane and Janice and Krista and Trudy and Kate and Gerhard and David do? Well, let me fill you in. They went to our little website, SoberSpeak.com, created by the lovely and wonderful Mrs. M., they clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a, a contribution. So, thank you so much, Jane and Janice and Krista and Trudy and Kate and Gerhard and David. This episode number 210 of Emily U is coming right out to you. I so much appreciate you helping us keep the virtual. Lights turned on. By the way, just in case somebody's wondering, and and I start sometimes with the little, uh, hello, my little chickadees. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is W.C. Fields, and I I think he's from the 1930s, 1940s, and uh, I just had that little saying or terms stuck in my head one day and uh, it came out and I just like using it sometime. But nonetheless, I, John M., just another bozo on the bus, uh, providing W.C. Fields history lessons to those who really don't want it. I will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings and I am truly honored, blessed and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will, around this virtual table and let's get started. Remember, no matter who you are or what your past looks like, you are welcome here. It is an open open table for all and we're glad you have joined us. Oh, and I remember there's another little tagline I haven't uh used in a little while i i guess what they call those taglines i don't know i'm just sitting here in studio a by the way studio a is just a i'm kind of looking around me right now it is a corner in the be- guest bedroom of my house where i come to do the work of presenting this and uh, that's where I am. But I'm just sitting here in Studio A and I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, it could be a tagline. But I have said this before. Do you want to stay connected to your higher power in between meetings? Well, just say, Alexa, play Sober Speak podcast. Oh, I got to be careful with that. (laughs) Oh, can you hear that in the background? It's... (laughs) It is starting to play my podcast. Oh no, I don't know how to. Alexa, stop. <laughs> I forget that I've got one of those here in studio. Hey, <laughs> and it just went off. I've got I've gotta be uh, careful about that. But anyway, you say the name and say play sober speak podcast and uh the the a name will spit it out of your little device whatever you have there so oh so let me just tell you before i came up here and i feel much better now I am, uh, I'm stressed with a lot of things going on. Now, I'm not saying that to get sympathy. Everybody has stress here. We're all going through it. Um, And and there's a lot of things that I'm trying to get done right now. In fact, I, I stopped and I paused and I told the lovely Mrs. M as I was on my way up here, I said, I just want to tell you, I feel overwhelmed right now. And she says, well, thank you for sharing. Feel free to share that with me anytime. And I I told her what the issues were, what's going on. But I can tell you this. This is a a strange phenomenon. Not strange, but um, when I get up here in front of this mic, and I'm picturing Ewan's out there, um, it it alleviates my... It's just like walking into a meeting for me. And I'm so glad that you guys are there and... uh, that you'll listen to this and we're able to communicate with each other. Uh, you give me life. I hope I provide something to you of value, um, but I'm, I'm so glad you're out there and you can help me to get some perspective right now just by coming up here to do this. So God bless you. If you're out there and you are not in our super secret Facebook group, just go to your Facebook application and uh, type in Sober Speak Secret Group, and you will find us there, and you'll have to ask to be admitted into the group. Uh, There's just one question you have on there, but go ahead, uh, and uh, we would love to have you as part of that group. There are, oh, I don't know, I think there's like 1,800 or so people in there right now, and we would love to have you as part of the community. It's just a bunch of like-minded people with, you know, heading in the right direction, uh, or excuse me, heading in, should I say the right direction? That's probably not the way I want to phrase that. Uh, They're like-minded people of the of the same mindset that are that are interested in recovery and uh we would love to have you in there as well so stop on in if you are not following us on la instagram we are at at sober speak all one word and uh we have a lot of amazing posts out there miss cassandra does both uh just about every one of them and um i though and the one monitoring all of the direct messages which we get plenty of and i appreciate you guys reaching out to me through that application the instagram all right oh and by the way we are on pinterest as well i'm trying to see if i get a little traction here and what, what exactly we can and can't do here but um if you want to follow us on pinterest we're there as well at pinterest uh, excuse me not at Pinterest, at SoberSpeak, all one word as well. Now, on to the highlight here. Whew. And um, I just, I do want to let you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm recording these, I'm pre-recording these because I got a, a busy travel schedule coming up and so I may be a little behind on listener feedback and uh, other kinds of stuff, um, but I will get caught up eventually. Nonetheless, Emily you. And we are calling this one Vulnerability in Alcoholics Anonymous. Emily has been sober since December 31st, 2018. Yes, that is New Year's Eve. We talk about... Skinny John and Emily's exposure to Alcoholics Anonymous through that gentleman. We talk about the gift of desperation. Uh, Emily's life growing up in Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. Um, Anyway, and uh, we talk about seeking outside help in AA when necessary. Emily sums up what she would tell her younger self, which I loved, Emily's Journey Through Discovering Her Own Conception of God, and finally, I want to let you know that we do talk about sexual sexual assault in this episode, so if that's something that triggers you, you may want to listen to some of our other episodes and we'd cover much, much more with Emily. Without further ado, gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Emily Yu, and we will have plenty of listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. So today we are sitting here with Miss Emily Yu. So first things first, Emily, why don't you go ahead introduce yourself, give your sobriety date if you would like, and tell people where you live, please.
0: Okay. My name is Emily Yu. Um, My sobriety date is December 31st of 2018, and I live in St. Louis, Missouri.
1: December 31st, 2018. So you're coming up on three years now, right? At the end of this year? Yeah, that's correct great. I think
0: I'm right around a thousand days right now I'm not sure but somewhere somewhere. Close. <laughs> <A> thousand.
1: that's <laughs> a good number so let's go ahead and talk about this up front we were kind of queuing this up to get to do a little recording here and you said I am really nervous and I said why don't you go ahead and talk about that on the front end so just you know because vulnerability helps uh with with all of those I mean it's what Alcoholics Anonymous basically is all about right. I mean other things but you know you know what I'm saying so yeah what's what's going on with you right now
0: oh man well just (laughs) real briefly i'll say if you hear dogs barking people whatever's going on i'm dog sitting uh we've been at the emergency vet in the last 24 hours i have company in my house it's bonkers but um (laughs) i'm handling this with more serenity than i ever thought it possible um i'm nervous just because i you know, I'm always feel like who wants to hear from me? What, what the heck do I have that anybody would, would want, you know, and I still feel like I'm brand new at this. I'm learning all the time. Uh, so when it comes to sharing, uh, or telling my story, I just think what in the world do I have to say that would be of worth?
1: Have you ever actually shared your story like in full at a meeting yet? No, I have not. Oh, so great. You get to go before (laughs) about 10,000 people or so on your first shot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Go big or go home. That's all right.
1: Uh, all right, so let's let's tell everybody where we met, how we came across each other. So uh, we, uh, you know, uh, some of you may have heard me talk in the past, we were doing a little uh, yoga thing on Sunday, and Emily was there every single Sunday, and she would both chair the meetings and share in the meetings, chair and share. Hey, that rhymes, doesn't it? But nonetheless, <laughs> Emily was there, she would share, she would share, and I just absolutely Absolutely loved your enthusiasm. And by the way, Megan P. I just talked to her right before this. She told me to tell you hello. Megan P. As hello. you know, is is the one who uh, actually
0: uh, yeah.
1: would put on the yoga classes. And uh, I know you guys are close. And so, mm-hmm. but that's how we came across each other. It, it yeah. was. It's, it's been. It's been so fun. So I decided. I said after one of the classes. I, I like. I said I loved your enthusiasm. I loved everything that that you shared. And I thought, will, will you please come on the podcast? And thank goodness you agreed to do. And I want to say this also, and then we'll get to you, Emily. <laughs> you. Every time I have somebody with the last name you on the program, I'm always. It sounds like Emily University, but you're not Emily yeah. University. <laughs>
0: Well, I haven't been a you. Uh, we were just talking about this. I haven't been married for that long, so I still forget that I'm Emily U. So sometimes I mess <laughs> up. So it's fine.
1: <laughs> and where is that? I used to see that beautiful dog of yours. What's what's your dog's name?
0: My dog's name is Cappuccino. We call him Chino. And I I'm also if I'm a little goofy, i you know me. I'm always a little goofy, but I'm really tired. We were at the emergency vet with that big dog um, yesterday at five a.m. He's fine but gave us a little scare, but he's in the other room resting. So I didn't figure I needed his help today on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He'd always come into those yoga classes and kind of walking around and he is Mm -hmm. not a lap dog, is he?
0: He thinks he is. He's a big, (laughs) great, big dog, but yeah, he thinks he is and he loves (laughs) yoga. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. So you're in St. Louis there. Have Mm -hmm. you
0: lived in St. Louis all your life? I have not. Uh, I was raised in northeastern Oklahoma um, in the Cherokee Nation. I've, I've lived there um, in various places until almost exactly a year ago was when I moved here. I moved here, um, was dating a guy here. I did all the things that you're not supposed to do in early sobriety. Dated someone, ended up getting married, moved in, did all that. <laughs> uh, COVID kind of forced our hand a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, so I've lived here now right out of year. So St. Louis has been really cool. Um, I was not able to plug into in-person AA where I lived just because of the, I mean, it was, it was an hour drive to a meeting kind of no matter which way I went. Um, and so that was really hard for me to plug into. And this podcast actually really helped me stay connected, um, in early sobriety and helped me, uh, Decide that I was going to do this and not to be afraid of AA and not to think it was a cult and all that jazz. So, so yeah. So I'm living here. This has been a really cool experience. Um, getting to be in a big city where there's meetings all the time. And even if you know, um, since COVID, there haven't been as many in-person meetings, but I've been able to be connected to people. It has been amazing
1: living here. But you said Cherokee Nation. Are you of mm-hmm. American Indian descent?
0: I am not. I am very much, uh, not, <laughs> but I was raised there. I'm the whitest white there ever was, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I was, I was raised there. Um, and it's kind of a neat, um, cultural and socioeconomic little dome in this little area. Um, it's a really neat, um, kind of culture to grow up in. So I'm really proud to be from Oklahoma, um, for most reasons. Um, there's some reasons we'll skip that I'm not as proud of, but, but yeah, um, I, and I miss it terribly. My parents are actually here visiting, and I'm so happy they're here this weekend. Um, not for happy circumstances, actually. We have a death in the family, so it's kind of a whirlwind. So I apologize again if I'm a little, little scattered. Yeah, no, you're um, doing fine. But I'm, I miss it like crazy, but I have loved St. Louis my whole life, so I'm really proud to be here. Yeah.
1: Do you sing that song in your head all the time, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the range?
0: Yes. Yes, sir. I know every word to that entire musical and people tease you or wherever you go. They say, oh, you're from Oklahoma. D. Yes, I do know the words. Thank you very much.
1: So, well, we do, we all know the words comes sweeping down the range or something like that. That's about mm-hmm. all I know. I definitely no. do not know the words to the entire musical. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So Emily, you formerly Emily, some other letter of the alphabet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. You, why don't you give me some sort of snapshot? Uh, you mentioned your parents there. Mm-hmm. You know, go into your background. Uh, take me through some major milestones and whatever you want to share.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, so I am an only child, um, but I was really—I um, say I was raised by my maternal grandparents. I was with them a ton. My folks had me. I was the baby of several, several grandchildren. Um, And I was with my maternal grandma, my nan. I was with nan all the time. I was her little sidekick. And I really grew up um, in, it was kind of weird. So I'm the baby and my nan was a wonderful, giving, amazing woman, but she had zero boundaries. So every time there was a catastrophe, of which we had many, in our family, whether it was on a big scale, on a small scale, um, I was the little sidekick and I was always right there just by necessity. You got a four-year-old in tow. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to have this kid along. So, um, I had a very strange, like my preschool years up to school age, I had a really strange smattering of running to take care of this one and running to help these folks. And th- I mean, we've, I've seen one of every kind of catastrophe. So. Um, Probably things that would be considered like childhood trauma, (laughs) Uh, as far as what I was exposed to, didn't know any different. And it wasn't for lack of care, but literally, what else are you going to do? You've got this kid in tow with you. Um, And my grandma was the one that everyone called for everything. So, um, a lot of it was usually just one crisis to another, Um, especially, yeah, I would say up until I was school age. And then even after that, um, just. always kind of always run into the rescue so got some got some good qualifiers for Al-Anon as well
1: <laughs> so there. You know, and I yeah. want to talk about this as well. I, you know, I had shared with you and the group, actually, that I had been going to some uh, uh, counseling re- recently. I had been going mm-hmm. to some what's called brain spotting. And you sent mm-hmm. me an email uh, and it was the the kind of a feelings, uh, uh, how to identify your feelings email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know that you had had some sort of experience with that. Can, can you talk about that?
0: Sure. Um, I, oh, man. Uh, I'm so glad that I sought mental health care. It was way later than I should have, but um, that's another thing that uh, runs in my family. Again, uh, lots of anxiety issues, lots of clinical depression, um, and just no one had any professional help for it. So, you know, drink and drug and and um, you know, food and whatever else you can medicate with that was rampant as well in my family. So there's not a lot of healthy relationships to dealing with your own icky stuff, it was really just go through the motions of go through whatever the catastrophe is, then numb it later. And so I didn't learn a lot of healthy coping skills, I would say. Um, And so really just didn't have any basis for that. What I I thought was normal was, you know, um, you know, exhaust yourself and try, try, try and you know, self will self will and of course that doesn't work. Um, and so, um, yeah, in the last, uh, probably the year leading up to me, um, getting sober, I finally, you know, sought professional counseling and that was absolutely the catalyst for me getting sober, me realizing a lot of things about myself, me, uh, yeah, just really growing into, uh, into the person that I am. But, uh, that had a huge, that had a profound, uh, made big difference for me.
1: Okay. So let's go back a little bit then. Um, mm-hmm. So you're, you're growing up uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. You are with, the, with Nan. Um, mm-hmm. You're kind of going through uh, saving a lot of different people. When did the alcohol and or drugs come into the picture? Talk to me about that.
0: Um, so I can't remember the first taste of alcohol specifically that I ever had. I know it was magic immediately. It was instantly a warm, happy feeling that I didn't that I didn't know before. Um, and from my early my earliest drink, I drank to blackout. Um, and so, probably when I was seventeen, uh, Nan passed away. She literally wore her heart out, and she dropped dead of a heart attack. Uh-huh. Um, and she was kind of my only anything. She's the only person I was close to. Um, and so, when she died, I was so lost. I was not close to my own parents. They had worked shift work, worked very hard, but I was not close to them. So I had these strangers. And of course, I'm 17. So I think I'm grown and I know everything, right? And I don't, don't I can take care of myself. Um, and I always just kind of kept to myself, played by the rules, was making it through school, doing okay, not really, you know, acting out or partying or anything like that. But as soon as I graduated and made it off to college, boy, we were off and running and um i could i could go in between you know i i didn't drink all day every day but when i did i went real hard and it was absolutely an escape and at the time it was it was working and i could i couldn't sleep i was dealing with a lot of grief and i couldn't sleep and i had a lot of nightmares well if you drink till you pass out you're out you know um so it was working and So I I drank uh, quite a bit. I have no idea. I don't remember undergrad, like the first few years of school. I don't remember any of it. It's an absolute miracle that I even went to class. But but then um, when I was 20, uh, in one year, we lost, I think it was four or five other family members. It was just like every three months, someone else close to me died. (laughs) And I really wasn't super... uh, super close to God or what I, who I thought God was, but man, I was mad because who is this person that's supposed to be taking care of us? And so I started real quick, not getting along with that guy, whoever that old guy in the sky is that I thought God was, um, he was not taking care of me. He hadn't given me all the things I thought he was supposed to have given me at this point, you know? Um, and boy, he sure was causing a lot, wreaking a lot of havoc, you know? Um, so so that at that point, I started drinking pretty heavily, and I could hold. I'm a pretty big girl. I'm a sturdy German girl. Um, I could hold my liquor, and I was proud of it, and I was tough. And uh, all of the family catastrophes didn't stop, and I still had that innate sense of growing up with Nan of running to the rescue of everybody. But I realized really quickly I wasn't capable of any of that. So I also, uh, also drank to numb that. Because that was a weird feeling of I'm supposed to be an adult. And when you're 20, you are not an adult and you're not capable of anything, but you're, you're expected to be. So. Um, so, yeah, my my early 20s, uh, I drank real hard, but I still played. By the, I still made it to class, still made A's and B's, have no clue how, but still did it. So um, it worked for quite a while. Uh, alcohol was working for me. It was keeping it was allowing me to sleep. It was allowing me to kind of reach out and make a friend. I thought, you know, as I had drinking friends for sure. Um, and so it absolutely, uh, got me out of my shell and I thought it was fixing, you know, it was putting a lot of band-aids on a lot of problems. Is what it was doing.
1: We will be continuing our conversation with Emily You in just a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. Uh, you can also find the Donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the Spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. All right, now back to Emily. So, you are in this state, uh, to where you're, uh, I guess you would call it what they say, not a functioning alcoholic, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. I'm assuming at some point it started to turn on you. Can you walk Mm -hmm. us through that phase?
0: Sure. Um, so, gosh, how old was I? I think I was I think I was finally 21. So then I'm actually legal to go to the bars in Oklahoma. So, boy, then, you know, um, and, and at that point, it was just off the rails. And I can't even pretend that it wasn't. But I would go out. I had a, had a roommate who was well, she could drink, too. And so we were a pair and we would go out probably three, four five nights a week. I had a job. I had a little my first little office clerical job that I had to show up to, I had to crawl in the door by 830. And boy, I barely made it. But um, so real quickly, you know, I was trying to trying to do this, trying to go to school, trying to work full time at this little job. And um, it very quickly, you know, was off the rails. And I knew, man, I knew really early that this was going to be a huge problem for me. But I I didn't know what else to do. And so I was just going to see how long we could go basically see how long I could make it drinking like this. And, um, uh, I drank to blackout almost, I mean, I, I, don't, I'm sure that normal people with healthy brains that are not alcoholics can pick up a drink and think, Oh, that tastes delicious and set it down. But not drinking for an effect just blows my mind how someone could not, you know, uh, that's just like, well, what's the point? Um, and <laughs> yeah. so I, you know, uh, I, yeah, I was, I was absolutely medicating and, uh, So it went off the rails and I realized, uh, I think I started, my grades started suffering and it really went off the rails. Um, I'll just say a quick trigger warning for anyone um, about, uh, especially ladies in this program. A lot of us have dealt with sexual assault. Um, That's some of that started coming into play. I would drink, not know where I was, not have my faculties about me. So I'm already vulnerable, you know, hugely vulnerable. And, you know, like I said, I thought uh, my ego thought that I'd been playing by the rules Um, and I'd been a pretty good girl as far as that goes. Um, and so I actually um, I was raped uh, when I was in a total drunken stupor. Um, I remember freezing because I was scared and freezing because I was not able to fight. Um, And so then you know, so then I absolutely felt it carried a huge amount of guilt that I, I didn't do this to myself, but I absolutely put myself in a situation where I couldn't, couldn't help myself. Um, And so that really, really scared me. And that kept me that, that got me out of the bars for quite a while. Um, That kept me at home. Didn't keep me from not drinking on my couch, but that kept me at home for a long time.
1: So, uh, you know, I don't, want to belabor the issue here but obviously mm-hmm. that's a, a traumatic incident right getting d- did you can you take me through the progression of that particular event in other words mm-hmm. what happened as the the weeks went on and even into mm-hmm. sobriety and realizing what did, mm-hmm. d- just take me through your thought process with all that sure.
0: at the time you know um, I, at this point I, 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 realized that I had a problem. Um, and at this point I was getting close to finishing college. Um, uh, my assault happened by someone who I was in every class with him. So I couldn't handle that. Couldn't face that. So I dropped out of school for a year. I was so close, so close to finishing. Um, but I dropped out of school for a year and I thought I'm just going to work just going to get up. I'm going to go to work every day. I'm just going to be straight. You know, I can do this. I just got to get away from those people and everything's going to be okay. And I thought if I, you know, reinvented myself with some new people, well, of course that, that didn't work either because unless you absolutely, um, cut out all of those, you know, all those habits, it's not going to change. But, um, that put a big, you know, that slowed me down in school. So eventually I did finish school. Um, and when I graduated, I knew, okay, I can't I can't be doing this. And I decided that, okay, I'm just not going to drink. I cannot drink. I know that bad stuff happens. I'll just not drink. But there was no spiritual change, no asking a higher power or any power greater than myself or outside of myself to help me. I just thought, okay, I'll just not drink. And I honestly did it. Um, so I was just a dry... Oh man, I was an ass. I was just a, I was just a horrible. You know, I was just a dry drunk. Um, did
1: anybody bored, had you shared yeah. with anybody what had happened to you, or was this this all internal? Eventually,
0: no. Eventually, I did a few people. Um, sadly, this and ladies listening might know this. Uh, when you ever get around to to letting loose of this big horrible thing, you're talking to another lady. So much of the time, they go, "Yeah, I know. Me too." it's happened to so many people and we don't talk about it. And um, it was almost like I thought I had this big, bad, horrible thing happen to me and that I was so special and so unique and I wasn't. <laughs> um, and so, you know, no, nothing. I never pursued anything legally or anything like that. But um but my, but so my self will is just like, you know, I can, I can do this. I can fix this. I'm going to keep myself safe. I'm going to keep myself out of harm's way. Um, you know, to some extent that works, but not, uh, you know, not totally. So, you know, I, I, I worked, I got out of school and worked and, um, still would be in situations where I thought, okay, now I'm an adult. Now I'm at a, I'm at a conference or I'm at this or that. And I'm going to have a grown-up lady drink. I'm going to have one martini and, you know, whatever it was. And this is different. And it, it just never was. Um. So that went on for five or six years and it just never was. And I could go a year, two years, six months. I would have these big, long stretches of time with no alcohol. So I'm like, you know, it's not a problem, right? But I, I, and I always thought that I just changed my mind. I always thought that I just decided, oh, well, I'm just going to have... I'm gonna go have drinks. I deserve it this one time, and it turned into a, a bender every time. Um, and so, my 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 bottom is not really like a big dramatic, you know, or or a big um, special event. It was just like tired of the same old crap, um, and uh, dealing with the mental health issues. Um I had I at the time I worked a job and my boss was she knew I struggled with mental health stuff and she was very unsupportive. <laughs> she was um she joked about stuff all the time, made some horrible jokes at my expense. Um and so I quit my job, which I've never never quit anything. I'm too bullheaded. So but I quit my job. Um I've always had at least one job my whole life and absolutely just quit my job. I came home and I said, Oh my God, what now?" <laughs> um, but just had to get out of there. And that was probably the first time I'd ever taken a stand for my own good, my own, my own mental health and knowing like, okay, the situation I'm in got to get out of it. I can't, these half measures of trying to eke around and just get by are not working. So um, that was really the, the path that I guess that would be my bo- quote, you know, bottom, my rock bottom How did you
1: know about? How did you know about Alcoholics
0: Anonymous? I had met um, a man, which his name was Skinny John. We called him Skinny um, (laughs) because you know there's lots of Johns in AA. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, long before I had met him in college, um, and Skinny was uh, Skinny has since passed away now, but Skinny was the face. He was the Big Book before I ever cracked the Big Book. Um, Met him, and he was like that one thing that I remembered like, oh, yeah, Skinny was all right. And he was sober. And he yeah, he was, uh, he was a man, Skinny had been homeless. He, I could tell Skinny stories all day. But, uh, but so that kind of, you know, I, had me thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. Because Skinny was pretty cool. He was a cool dude. Um, skinny had been <laughs> homeless before he was just like this. He was kind of half cuckoo. I like the rest of us. He was great. And so I thought, well, you know, Skinny's not the worst person in the world. So at that point, I finally, um, sought mental health care and, you know, you don't go into therapy on a winning streak. Usually, um, <laughs> that's not usually how that works. <laughs> so I go in thinking I've got all these problems, right? Like I'm fighting with my dad. Uh, uh at the time I had a boyfriend, he's a pain in the ass and I've got all these people. Right. So I go into therapy. I'm like, you got to fix all these people. Can you t- please tell me how to get, you know, fix all these other people in my life so that my life will be better. And I'll be darned if I was not the common denominator, and so, uh, so that's that. Really, um, luckily, the therapist that I sought out just happened to be a drug and alcohol counselor, um, and I ended up. Uh, yeah, I was I was doing sessions with her, and I came in, and we we had talked we talked about alcohol quite a bit, um, probably, and that was probably a tip off to. If, you, if it's not such a problem, why do we have to talk about it all the time? <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so you know, I did some experimenting with sobriety. I went to some parties and I remember going, I had a, I had a holiday party that I was going to go to. And I went in and I told, I, I said, I, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going right after this and I'm not going to drink. And my therapist said, okay you know, okay, cool. What's, you know, and she said, okay, we'll try That's cool. It's not, you know, it's not a problem for you. So you should just try that. It shouldn't be a big deal and let me know how that goes. So, uh, next day I called her. I said, oh my gosh, I went and I thought about it and I went, I proceeded to tell her an hour long story about how much I thought about it, but I didn't do it. And that eventually she let me hear myself enough to go. She said, wow, you know, it sounds like you sure do think about alcohol a lot. Right. and I oh I was like mo well, she read me up and down and so um, so that was in you know that was in the fall or, or that Christmas time of that year and um, by yeah by New Year's Eve um, every time I tell someone my sobriety date uh, they go oh God New year New Year's Eve yeah. um, but by New Year's Eve I I and I've never loved that particular holiday I poured myself a drink and I sat and I looked at it and I was like I don't want to do this. And I had it in front of me and I was like, this isn't, And and I had the moment of this isn't going to help anything. Come on now. Um, and so I'm sure, you know, there were several days before that, that I hadn't had a drink, but that's, that's my first intentional, Hey, I don't want to do this moment. Um, and so my desire to stop drinking was definitely, um, was that new year's Eve date. So, um, and boy, did you sh-
1: go to AA directly right right after that, or how? Ha- I happened?
0: did not. I had so I'd been listening to Sober Speak a lot. Oh, At really? This point, so I you're could, listening yeah. to it
1: while you're out there? I, you know, we get a lot oh, of yeah. people that write yeah. in. That originally when I started doing this, I thought this is just going to be a bunch of my buddies listening in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I noticed that there are a lot of people who are you know, struggling to make that move. So anyway, you'd been yeah. listening to Soberspeak.
0: I've and- been listening to Sober speak. And somewhere back, if you guys go back and listen to, if you're going to go back and listen to some early episode, I wrote in and you and I wrote in of, oh my God, I'm an alcoholic. And, um, this is a weird moment to be talking to you about this now, because I remember you reading it and saying, hang on, Emily, it's okay. And you read my comment. Um, and so this is a trip, uh, <laughs> to be here. Um, and yeah, I, I really clung to this podcast because there were not meetings in my little town. I actually, <laughs> I work, so I worked the steps with this, with this counselor, right? She's, she was a drug and alcohol counselor. And she, uh, there was one meeting halfway close and it, it, it was a 12 step program. It wasn't AA, but it was, a group of court card folks signing each other court cards. Like there was no, there were, you know, there wasn't a month of sobriety in the whole room. And I remember her, t- I said, well, maybe I should just go to that. And she said, you no, you're going to make a friend you don't need. Don't go, th- don't go to that. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> She advised me to not go to that meeting. And looking back, that's probably, that's good. Um, that, um, but so I, I ended up working the steps with her and I really had to, you know, do my homework and come every week to therapy. And I was so on fire, um, because I saw, I finally saw a way out of this because I don't, you know, God really, the gift of desperation is no joke. And I, I truly was at the point of when it clicked for me that I was the common denominator. And, you know, even if I could put down the drink that this thinking problem was completely my own, um, yeah. And, I, you know, listening to this podcast, I listened for the similarities. And no matter who it was, what age, what background, I, I was I, I, at this point, I'm self-employed. So I could listen and uh, listen to the, put it on my speaker and listen all day long. So I stood out there in my shop and I amened all day long to, to speakers <laughs> and, re, you know, realizing, oh, man, oh, I'm just like her. Oh, I'm just like him. All day, every day. I mean, forty hours a week. I just like <laughs> plugged in hard, you know. Um, so, so absolutely, this podcast and other sober podcasts and a few other mental health resources. Totally in early sobriety were my lifeline because i didn't have meetings
1: and i know that uh, you know we have a common friend buddy c uh mm-hmm. who has a podcast called uh, a dow of our understanding i believe is what it's mm-hmm. called and i think yes. that's one of the ones that you grasped onto yeah. as well am i right
0: yeah and that's that's been more recently but that oh man that has been instrumental in um uh, I am at this point. So since I moved to St. Louis, I'm now working the steps again with a new sponsor because I've worked the steps, but, um, worked the steps, but not, you know, I would say it wasn't real cause it was, you know, it it's a completely different experience. So I'm getting this cool new, uh, just, this cool new, I'm just so re-energized, uh, about AA now, um, being here in the city. So, um, yeah, my concept of God and I took a long time working on my third step this last time and talked to buddy and, and listened to that podcast and really dove in. Um And that has has been really a real cool experience.
1: OK, so talk to us about that. So when you say I took a long time working my third step this time and it's been a cool experience, run us through that. Uh,
0: so uh, but I had the opportunity to through, you know, god bless us it took us a pandemic for me to to just get on a zoom meeting every day but um and i'm sure that resource was available three years ago but i just didn't know about it so um plugged into a international zoom meeting it finally came around to me i finally like sharing i said that i was from st louis and i see one little square on the screen start frantically waving and pretty soon this person goes oh my god this girl said oh my god i'm in st louis We get, we exchange numbers. The next week we're out. So this friend I've made through an international meeting, she instantly, the first time she and I go out for, we call it our AA dates. We go out for coffee. Uh, She says, well, do you have a sponsor in St. Louis? I said, no. She's, she hooked me up that right then and there. She said, here's a number. And I think she maybe even dialed it and put it put me on the phone with her. So, um, right away, you know, and it took, it took, like I said, this international zoom thing for me to get someone locally, but I got this sponsor and she just absolutely could not believe that I was sober. Like how in the world, you know, how have you done this without meetings? How have you done this? So she and I, um, we hit our knees. It was supposed to be, let's do this every day for 30 days. And then we did it more like 60 days. Um, you know, working on Third Step Prayer, and I kept a huge journal. And so the, this, uh, so Buddy's podcast, The Tao of Our Understanding, talks about, um, you know, uh, these, these ancient works of literature, but um, Eastern philosophy and a lot of these works of literature and readings and how those relate. And it's, it's some of it's just the oldest, most common knowledge, really simple stuff um, for thousands of years, right, that these guys wrote down thousands of years ago. They're ancient texts, and um, you know it's it's not as related to a deity. Again, I got a lot of had a lot of resentments to this this image of a dude upstairs that I had that I had created in my head. (laughs) And so this is a it's a it's a new concept of God, and it's something that I I'm really proud to you know to get to experience because it's something that I don't think a lot of people are given that opportunity. And I'm so grateful that I get to get to, you know, plug into these cool people on AA is absolutely, uh, there's no way I would have come to that had it not been for recovery. So that's a, that's really cool.
1: So you have a lot of people listening out there who are just like you were kind of struggling to get <laughs> mm-hmm. sober, by the way, you know, I, I do want to say this and before I go on to that is that uh, we talked about this on the beginning is that um, I, you know, so you said you were nervous and I said, you know, just basically just be vulnerable, you know, just, just be yourself, you know, tell who you are. That's what people care about. And uh, you have done that in spades. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know I've been in some meetings with you online, uh, but you know, obviously, I didn't know everything about your story. I still don't know everything about it, and I can see you sitting there tearing up right now. And I, I'm, I'm just so glad that you've, you know, come on here and shared your, your truth with uh, uh, so many out there that are listening. And I, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. But look at it this way: you have a lot of people out there that are listening to this. Uh, there may be kind of struggling to stay sober themselves uh, and you know as you know we can't get them sober but we can mm-hmm. share experience strength and hope so uh, what would you say to people that are out there and they are on the edge if you want to call us mm-hmm. sober curious if you don't call it ha- however you want to phrase that would you share a little bit in that arena
0: gosh i sometimes i think okay what would i tell myself um and then I think you know, as wonderful as my life is now, and I couldn't have imagined how how wonderful this could be now. I don't even think I would have listened to me. But if I if I said, "Hey, this is future you, listen," but but what I would tell Emily three or four years ago was, "It's oh God, it's okay to reach out for help, and even if you don't know what you're asking for, you know, even if you just gosh, whoever it is, if you're if you're stumbling into a you a meeting somewhere, if you just go into, um, you know, go into a counselor for the first time, calling to ask if you can get an appointment for a counselor, you know, because um, that's that's how it happened to me. I, I wasn't even calling to ask. I just, in general, was calling. It was I was a total BS, like, hello, I would just like some more information about your therapy. It was such a <laughs> and she so it ended up saying she was like, well, some people need help. And I said, I need help. <laughs> that's how I had. That's how I got an appointment. <laughs> so you know, pick up the phone and the, the words will fall out of your mouth. You know, um, and <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty funny. But but uh, you know, gosh, don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid to to you know if you're listening to this stinking podcast or whatever, write that person. You know, when John says you can reach me, John at Soberspeak write write the man an email. You know, um, because that that was huge for me. The fact that you responded to me at all, much less I didn't, you know, not that you read my comment on the air or whatever. But um, because connection is God, is everything connection is the antidote for this crazy disease, you know, and whether we know it or not. And it can be what we're the most afraid of. And this vulnerability can be what we're most afraid of. But God, it's the only way out. You know, the only way out is through through this kind of connection and just reaching out to somebody. And that's the cool part about the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous um, is that once you know, once that's what you and I are here for now. We're in and we can't wait to extend a hand and we can't wait to be here and um, to talk to somebody. And it's it's only been recently that. um you know, we share our numbers in meetings and I had put my, my name on a list of a lot of ladies numbers and someone reached out to me and called me. And the feeling that I had the first time after someone reached out to me because they wanted to talk to, you know, I have this always have this feeling of what do I have? But the fact that someone wanted to talk to me, um, God, that's an amazing, you know, that's an amazing feeling. So, if you are afraid to, oh, I don't want to bother someone or, oh, I don't want to, they, oh, they don't want to talk to me. We do because it keeps me, it, that keeps me sober and it helps me way more than you would ever know. Um, so God, don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody. We, It's it's better for all involved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, Emily, you've been just fantastic. See, that wasn't that bad, was it?
0: No, that's all right. <laughs>
1: All right, I'm going to read from page 164 from the book to close us out. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us like me and Emily You." As you trudge the road of happy destiny, may God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Emily, you're the best. I really appreciate you coming on today.
0: I love you, John. Thank you so much.
1: Love you. Emily, you are the best. Thank you so much. One more time for spending time with me and sharing your story. We all appreciate it. God bless you. Uh, Thank you very much, and I know the listeners are going to enjoy that if you enjoyed that, and who did not, right? Go ahead and pause your device, if you would, and share that episode with a friend or a family member. It may be just what they need today, and if you have any feedback regarding Emily or any of the other speakers, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at J O H N at SoberSpeak.com now on to a little bit of a listener feedback and first we have here mr oh let me i forgot the name kalem right yes kalem and kalem is going to give to you a voicemail which he he's not going to give to you i how do that's not the way to phrase that we will be giving we will be mm, uh, and here is a voicemail from kalem
2: we'll just put it that way Hi, John. My name is Caleb. I just want to let you know how absolutely amazing your Sober Speak podcasts are and how amazing you are as the host, and your speakers are all so good. You really help me in every aspect of my life right now. Um, I'm a little over four months sober. I've been in and out of sobriety. 20 years, never longer than a year. Um, I never have done AA or anything, and that's something that I am really looking into this time, because what I've been trying to do before, obviously, has not worked for me at all. So, yeah, um, I listen to you every day, almost the whole time while I'm at work. I don't know what I'm going to do when I catch up to the to today, you only do once a week. Yeah, just keep up the good work and like i said i love hearing you i love listening to you um, you guys are an inspiration to me and just everything about you is amazing um so thank you
1: thank you Caleb. I, I sure appreciate you leaving that message uh, that was awfully kind of you god bless you once again and 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 i'm so glad that me and uh, everyone who works on this podcast and all the listeners can be part of your journey. But thank you for leaving that. I appreciate it. Katie writes in, and Katie says hi. She actually DM'd on La Instagram, the Graham, uh, the the Insta. You know what we cool people say stuff like that. She says hi, John. I just finished listening to episode number two zero seven with Norm. A And I just had to drop you a line to say thanks for sharing. I got a lot out of what he said and couldn't help but think of my grandfather. By the way, if you're out there and you haven't heard Norm A, episode number 207, go back and listen to it. It's absolutely fantastic. But anyway, Katie goes on, my grandpa died an alcoholic at age 55 when I was just 10 years old. He never found his his way to AA as far as I know, but I think he would have really liked Norm A. Norm's words hit me in a special way that reminded me of the lessons my grandpa used to teach us as kids. I'd like to think that maybe this is my grandpa's way of letting me know that he finally made it to the pig meeting in the sky, Big Heart. I'm hoping my brother is joining him as well. Tomorrow marks 10 years since my brother lost his life to this disease, and your podcast has been helping me to reflect on how important the Al Anon program has been for me as I work to unconditionally love the alcoholics in my life, both alive and those who have passed. Thank you so much for your service, Katie with the purple mohawk in milwaukee wisconsin katie what a lovely note on instagram i really appreciate you god bless you and your family that really touched me and uh if anybody is in milwaukee wisconsin and they know somebody named katie with a purple mohawk (laughs) please let her know you heard about this and give her my best (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Katie. Thanks for writing in. Okay. So, oh, here is a post from, okay. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, they used to call it, uh, and you're able to give a review, they let you give reviews in there. And, and and I've not been as caught up as I should. By the way, if you ever want to give a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, you can. But this is one that I got. Hey, folks, I, I give you everything, right? The good and the bad and the ugly. And so, anyway, somebody named N.W. Robert, that's just the, uh, you don't get their real names. It said, all he posted was, and I'm assuming Robert is a male, uh, it says, it says uh about my podcast, it says, What an incredible recipe for relapse in all big capital weathers and letters and then it says underneath that it says, How about more recovery and less psychology now it you know and I don't know exactly what Robert listened to, but i I get it right i what I do uh, is not everyone's cup of tea and you can't please all the time. I wish I could communicate. N.W. Robert, if you want to send me an email and you know, just have a, a, a small discussion about it, I would love to know specifically what you're talking about. But nonetheless, you know we got a lot of people who do enjoy the program. But anyway, N.W. Robert, uh, I do, I'm assuming that somebody... So if you... Hey, do me a favor. If you're listening out there... If you, if you are in the Northwest area of the United States and you know somebody named Robert, if you could just ask them if they <laughs> left a review on on, on Apple Podcast about Soberspeak. <laughs> I would like to know that. But anyway, God bless you, NW, Robert, wherever you are. I do hope you're finding what you need. And, you know, so I, I, I get... The less psychology portion, I, 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 I did do, I, so I did I did one episode a long time ago where we did have a counselor and we talked about, oh, what do we talk about? Oh, shame and stuff like that. Maybe that's the only uh, episode he found or something like that. Uh, who knows? But nonetheless. But here is another post on Apple Podcasts. And this one comes from Kirsten. H. i'm not going to say her last name but it is there but she says john m can you find some tapes on clancy from california also there's a man named norm a an old timer he died now i would be it would be great to hear him these two thanks and you know what i do need to post something from clancy and uh we did post Norm A, uh, to your wish is my command, Miss Kristen. Uh, thank you for posting that. And you—you uh, you know what? I, I forget that. I, I know who Norm A is, and I know who Clancy is, and I know a lot of these old timers. But I forget that a lot of the people coming into this podcast for the first time, don't know these old-timers. And I, I think I'm going to start doing more, more of that. I, I had a suggestion from some of these other people. Um, i just, you know what it is. I've got to go back. i got to find the tapes. I've got to listen to them, make sure they're clean from an audio perspective and that, it, you know, it, it was... One of their better talks, or whatever the case may be, and then get it uploaded. So, uh, anyway, I appreciate you writing uh, with that uh, that review that you left there, Kristen. I sure do appreciate it. Krista, not Kristen, but this is another one. This is Krista writes in and she says, hi, John. Oh, this is uh, Krista wrote in with a little she she made a, a contribution in and, and the amount. I usually don't talk about the 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 amounts Right? any amount is good. And by the way, I just want to reiterate, if you have the chance once again between con- con- uh, giving a contribution to my silly little podcast and giving to your local group, I would much rather you give that to your local group, okay? Uh because that's where the real work and the real action in Alcoholics Anonymous Al-Anon and any of the other 12-step groups is taking place. And I would rather you give it there. But anyway, Krista, she she made a little contribution and and it was a weird amount. I'll just put it that way, right? And I'm going, now, how did they come up with that amount? And I wrote back and I said, hey, Krista, wh- where did you come up with that amount? And they said, John, this was the amount, uh, the amount was such and such. And-, and I thought you may think it was a sobriety date, but it's not. It's the exact amount I had left on a gift card. <laughs> I thought that was great. (laughs) And she says, I will donate more as I listen more. You don't have to donate anything, Krista. Just keep listening, okay? Uh, She says, after I get a job. Just keep listening. No more donations, neither. Or or none at all. Like I always say in the middle of the broadcast, you know, only if the Spirit moves you. You know, this, this is... Uh, God will take care of me. I- I'm more than fine. But nonetheless, I-, I just thought that was hilarious. It was the mess she had on a gift-, gift card. And she says, I found your podcast yesterday when I was searching for something recovery based to listen to on a longish scenic drive. By the way, she sent me pictures of her scenic drive and what she came across. And it was absolutely beautiful out there. She said, in the past, I've listened to YouTube speakers, and I was delighted to find your podcast. It is fantastic, and I have shared it with many folks since yesterday. I love the interview format. You are quite talented, John. Well, I don't know about that, um, but we we have some really cool people that we have on here. My job, for the most part, is to get out of the way. Uh, Anyway, she says, uh, so far, I've listened to Brian P., number 194, Rich B. Number two zero eight and Adam T. These are all three so rich with AA nuggets. I have to keep passing your, uh, I have to keep pausing your podcast to write down those nuggets. Oh, that's really cool. She says I've just moved to Portland, Oregon from Oakland, California. She says I've just graduated my master's in counseling psychology program. I hope to work in the addiction treatment program. I'm waiting to hear back and I'm hopeful I will be able to continue to share your podcast far and wide. My sobriety date is December 3rd of 2016. Thanks for using your gift to carry the message, John, gratefully, Krista. Well, thanks for using your gift and going back to school and getting out there in that addiction treatment program. We always need good, good people out there with a good heart. And I'm so glad that you've gone back to school and gotten your degree. That's absolutely fantastic. Timothy writes in and Timothy says, Hi John thanks for letting me in the super secret Facebook group. I heard so much about what well, no problem Timothy thanks for joining us I really appreciate you he says I've been sober for most of the time since 2011 and I recently had my first ever three-year cake after my after my second two year and my third one-year cakes in that time. I live in Tumblr, ridge bc canada population 1000 ish i moved back here three years ago after going to school in vancouver we've had in-person meetings throughout this whole pandemic time and i've been opening the doors for a little over two years now our little fellowship here is growing we have almost 10 people coming somewhat on a regular basis now but when we started it was usually just me sitting in my van listening to the Sober Speak back catalog. <laughs> Well, listen, all you folks up there in Tumblr Ridge, BC, Canada, I love that that meeting is starting to take form, and I, oh, that is absolutely fantastic. All of your guests have been just what I needed. One in particular, I can't remember who said it, but I've been using this line, quote, the first time I did my step four, I stole some rope. A few weeks later, there were some horses attached to that rope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember who said that either. I wish I could, but that's really funny. And anyway, he says, so much, I'm basically known for it around here now. (laughs) Well, Good for you. Uh, I, I can't remember who said that now. I should probably give proper credit to the anonymous person who came up with it. And now that I'm doing things right, well, you know, hey, listen just about everything that comes out of my mouth I've heard in the rooms before and I can't always remember where. But uh <laughs> but that's great. Oh, and the other thing I've heard is that you should give the person credit at least three times, but after that, hey it's yours now, right? Anyway, he says, Yeah, that line really resonated with me and I think back to my first times half assing the steps, looking at searchless searching and fearless and thinking, Oh, I've I've I'll give it one of these Uh, one. Oh, oh, I'll give it one of those. Anyway, he says, and I don't know why, I think he's written it before. I don't know why he signs it this way, but he says, maybe, (laughs) Timothy, you'll have to write me and let me know. He says, Jesus loves your mom, signed Timothy. Well, thanks, (laughs) I guess. All right, everybody. That's it for another ep of... Sober Speak. Thank you so much. God bless you. And thank you. Thank you all so much for being there. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I take this one week at a time. Hopefully we will be back next week. God bless.